1: greenie with mike greenberg the podcast it is a
0: fascinating time in the nfl with how they will handle the next 48 hours and deshaun watson it is Canty and carlin on espn radio and on espn plus we are in for Greeny today 888 say espn 888-729-3776 phone lines have been hot on this topic as you would expect and chris listen when it boils down to it, I really think the NFL has no reason whatsoever not to appeal moving forward. Because while it might be a story that is going to hang over the league over the next year, it's not going to do enough damage to ruin the season where it's something we're talking about every single day as opposed to what's going on on the field. But more importantly, the NFL has to start to move in the direction of showing women that they care about them. They, they have to do something that is going to say this is important to us. They have all along been pushing for a year-long suspension at least. At least, Chris, they have made sure to want us to know that they have been pushing for a year-long suspension. If you're going to bail out on it now, that looks to me like it was all a little fraudulent all the way. Well, here's the thing,
2: Colin. You start talking that. about the NFL having to pick a time to start choosing to care about women's issues and showing that. In a, in a very public way, you have every opportunity to do that. It didn't have to just start with the Sean Watson. No, it didn't. You had an opportunity. But when to does do it. it start? You had the <laughs> opportunity. You had you have the opportunity. Let me not say had. I don't want to use the past tense because they still have the opportunity to do it with Jerry Jones. You still have the opportunity to do it with Robert Kraft. You still have the opportunity to do it with Dan Snyder, and yet you choose not to. Oh wait, that that's because they're the owners. They're the bosses of Roger Goodell. They're the ones that are above reproach, but when it comes to the players, we're going to levy any kind of suspension that we feel or we deem necessary, and we're going to use the court of public opinion to be our guide. I'm sorry, Carlin, that doesn't land well with me. Now, I'm not sitting here trying to defend Deshaun Watson because it was clear to me when you start talking about the sheer number of accusers that at the very least what he did was predatory. He was manipulative. And he used his station as a quarterback, not to mention the resources that he had, in order to put these women in situations where he could strip them of their agency. Now, we also understand, based on the NFL's arguments to Judge Robinson, that there was no force coercion in this. Judge Robinson used the language of non-violent offenses or non-violent behavior, uh, even though she said that there was uh, intent to... Put the women in genuine danger. So I just think it's a really sticky situation. But the NFL had the opportunity to address women's issues in a meaningful way when it comes to owners, which sends a clear message to every single league employee, players included. And they've chosen not to do it, even though their very own personal conduct policy states that owners are to be held to a higher standard. That is my problem with the Deshaun Watson situation and the NFL appealing the discipline Carlin. because all Judge Robinson is doing is reading the personal conduct policy and the precedent that had been established in the wake of Way Rice and how that policy is applied and taking that and putting it to this situation.
0: Let's listen to Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, yesterday on NFL Live and her read on the ruling. I find this incredibly difficult to square with her ultimate conclusion, which was based on Preston, but also her own interpretation that what took place was not violent. Field, the CDC defines sexual violence as sexual activity where consent is not freely given. I don't understand how she felt the behavior she lies out in painstaking detail did not meet that standard. And I suspect many people who know victims of sexual violence, who have been victims themselves and survivors, probably feel the
3: same way today.
0: The one thing and the, the problem with this, I'm not going to get into
2: the different definitions of sexual violence. Exactly. I, I'm not going to do that. I don't have the capacity to do that. I know Neither I've spoken I. to lawyers and they've said, well, the criminal definition of sexual assault is different than what the NFL spells out. It's different than what the CDC has to say. I'm not trying to parse through all of that, Carlin. I don't have the ability to do that. That's not what I do. I talk about sports, okay? And it's clear that these women were wronged in this situation. That is obvious. Now, to what degree is that punishable based on the personal conduct policy? I trust Sue Robinson to be able to land at the right punishment much more than I trust the NFLPA or the NFL League office. I don't know how we can give either one of those entities the benefit of the doubt. But I do trust a former federal judge to be able to interpret the law and then apply it based on what the rules say. Okay, but having said that, do you think six is enough? You think it's fair, Colin? It's hard to say that without reading through all of the documentation and hearing all of the facts yeah. of the case. I, see, it's listen, hard to say that. I after, don't know. After and the NFL was the one. The NFL, the league office, they're the ones that chose to only present four. ...of the 25 accusers' now testimony. Now, let's be clear that, on that, why that, they did that's that, the league. That's the league office. Okay, but let's They be, chose to do that, he, so that is that is the lens that Judge Robinson is viewing this case through. She's not looking at 25 accusers. She's not. She's looking at four.
0: But let's, we have to be mindful of that. Yes, we do. Let's be clear on why that was. Because the league only had about 12 of the uh, people that were alleging... Uh, that are alleged victims that would cooperate cooperate with them, and they took the best four cases to put in front of the judge to demonstrate it. Now, yes, the judge can only consider those four cases. But to me, when the judge comes out and basically agrees with every NFL uh, assertion here, I am thoroughly bothered by the notion that when the league has tried to take a step away from the whole judge and jury thing and letting somebody else determine it, that we're not going to let her at that point determine what's an appropriate uh, suspension, not based on what I've done before, which is what she is basing uh, all of this on, meaning she is basing her recommendations for the suspension on what the league has done before. I'm, I'm trying to make this a better process I, why do I even have you in that in, in that case? Well, you can make
2: it a better process by having an in, independent arbiter, but you don't change the statute or, in this case, the personal conduct policy. So it sounds to me like you have more of an issue with the way the personal conduct policy is written rather than having an issue with Judge
0: Robinson and how she applied it. Well, I think that's fair. I do have an issue with how it's uh, how it's written, but. Yeah. I guess my point is if she just, can't rewrite, she right, can't but, rewrite it. Colin, right, but Chris, is what I'm saying. Chris, if, if that's the case, why did we even turn to her at this point? Why did we, why did the league even put in somebody if they have to apply the personal conduct policy as opposed to just deciding what's fair well, based on well, what well, he did?
2: Well, this is how, this is how it's applied when you have somebody that doesn't have an agenda and somebody that's qualified to interpret statutes and laws. This is what Judge Robinson does for... This is what she's done her entire career. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to whatever conclusion she lands on, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt because this is
0: what and, she does, unlike what the NFL League office and does I, and unlike what the NFLPA does. Now, let me ask you this, though. The league, in their argument, without getting too far into the weeds, okay, was saying that this, from Deshaun Watson, was unprecedented. Yeah. No precedent should be judged based on this. Yeah. Are they wrong?
2: I don't think they're wrong. Well, they might not be wrong because of the sheer volume of the cases, Carlin. But again, I think you come back to having an issue with the way the rule is written rather than the way the rule is applied, Carlin. That's what it's all about with all of this, right? We keep talking about, oh, well, Judge Robinson was too lenient. She said that the NFL proved their burden in the case. They proved it. They proved their case was right. And based on that, this is the suspension that she levied. It sounds to me a lot like you have an issue with the personal conduct
0: policy and how it's written rather than Judge Robinson herself. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Grainy today. Let's hit Adrian up next on ESPN Radio. Adrian, what's going on?
4: Hey, guys, I just want to bring up a couple notes real quick. I heard y'all talking about that the, uh, the owners really don't get the punishment that the players do, and that's what I want to focus on with this. Everybody's focused on Deshaun Watson. Didn't the, didn't the Texans pay more women off than Deshaun did? 30,
0: I wonder about the they personal contact. Yeah, thirty, and then they yeah. tried to sell it like, "Oh, well, this is an important day for how much we respect women." Please, please, you, you paid, right. you so, paid them off to go away, and the Texans bear a lot of responsibility here that they're not getting hit for.
4: Right, and that's what I want to stick up for. So Deshaun got his six games, and we could debate if it's any more or less, but. What should happen to the Texans in this whole thing? If I was Deshaun, if the NFL appealed this, I would definitely sue them and and the Texans because it's not fair. It's not fair. Like, the women I feel for, but the way they're doing the punishment, they haven't said one word against the Texans.
0: Well, at this point, you're not wrong about how the, te- about how the league they're should culpable. be approaching Texans. They're, they're culpable in all of this, Carlin. You're not wrong. Again. So, when, when your so, security well, guy is helping them build uh, book massage
2: appointments, that's a problem. Yeah, and, and also providing them with NDAs. Yeah. So, Carlin, there's a problem there. And, again, this is yet another layer that comes into play when the NFL is making a determination on whether or not they want to appeal this because all of these things are going to be brought up in federal court. And that's not the place that the owners of the NFL teams want to
0: be in. I haven't even gotten to the part that we've talked about uh, a little bit, and that is how this affects Goodell long-term with his legacy. We're going to get into that at 888-SAY-ESPN. Want your take on all of this? Should there be more punishment for Deshaun Watson, or should it just leave it be and move on? It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Up next... Trade deadline is 6 p.m. Eastern time today in Major League Baseball. So where is the sport's biggest star going to be playing at the end of the day? We'll tell you next, ESPN Radio.
1: Greeney, the podcast.
0: Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. In for Greeney today at 888-SAY-ESPN. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Speaking of more, trade deadline today, 6 p.m. Eastern in Major League Baseball. And we've already seen some moves made, but the big one we're still waiting for, and that is Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals. I am of the belief that by the end of the day, Soto is going to be a San Diego Padre, but I'm curious to hear this real quick from Jeff Passan uh, from last night's Sports Center because the Padres, as we know, yesterday went out and helped their bullpen in a big way by getting Josh Hader. So, does that Hader trade actually hurt Soto going to the Padres? Here's Jeff.
7: The San Diego Padres, Nicole, have been looking to get Josh Hader for years now. A number of teams have been trying to get him, and frankly, Milwaukee's been reticent to do so. But finally, the Padres put together a package that includes Robert Gasser, a left-handed minor league pitcher, Estiuri Ruiz, who's a young player, 23, going to be under control for years, as well as Taylor Rogers to replace him in the bullpen, and Denelson Lamette. You know who it didn't include? C.J. Abrams. Robert Hassel. James Wood and Jackson Merrill. And And that's significant
5: because? Those are
7: all players that the Washington Nationals (laughs) would love to receive in exchange (laughs) for Juan Soto. I was going to say who
0: are four people who have never been in my kitchen. But nonetheless, (laughs) what's most important is that those are the guys. The thing that's been fascinating to me about the Soto thing, Chris, is what we've heard about Mike Rizzo is that he locks in on a couple of guys that he wants and he builds around that. He does not shop around and and go to 10 different teams. Do you believe Soto gets moved by the deadline today at 6
2: p.m. Eastern? I don't think it happens, Carlin. I think this is going to be a move that happens this winter. I, I just, with all of the moving parts and the haul that it's going to take in order to pry Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals, I just don't think it happens. I don't think the Padres pull it off. I don't think there's a team around baseball that pulls it off. And then the other thing that you have to consider, Carlin, and I get that you don't necessarily have to put in contract in place immediately after you trade for him, it just seems like it would behoove whatever team that's acquiring him to try to do so. Similar to what we saw the Mets do last year with Francisco Lindor. Like, when you make that trade, you want to make sure that you have a
0: deal that's in place. See, I kind of disagree. And the reason is, it's two and a half years you have to work with. And I heard Passam describe it this way last week that when you look at what he will make so he's making 17 this year mm-hmm. he's probably going to make around 25 26 next year yep probably going to make 31 in his last year of arbitration let's just say so you add that all up and that's roughly 65 million that you're going to pay him over the next few years to 70 million you're going to get well over 120 million dollars worth of productivity uh, during that stretch, So you are really getting a bargain and and you could figure out what you wanted to do now. Well, that's
2: what the pod well, here's the thing, Colin, you're talking about that, and you're arguing against yourself because the team that you think is going to land them in the in the San Diego Padres, that's exactly what they did with Francisco uh, uh, Fernando Tatis. Yeah, it's exactly what they did with them. They, they locked paid them him, up long. term They paid them well before they had to. And that's starting to become the trend for major League baseball teams. <laughs> Look at what the Atlanta Braves just did with Austin Riley. Look at what they've done with Ronald Acuna Jr. Look at what they've done with Ozzy Albies. I mean, you're talking about locking those guys up for long term and spending, what, $500 million in doing it? And you're going to get top-end production from them for a decade. So I think that's the direction that the Padres are going, and that's the only way you can afford to have all of those players on the payroll. To me, it seems like that would be something that they would do if they did trade for him today. The
0: one thing to remember, though. Scott Boras is Juan Soto's agent. Oh yeah, and he wants money. He wasn't Fernando Tatís's agent. No, he wasn't going to let no, him settle no, no, for no, any no, kind no, of a no, deal no, like no, that. No,
2: no, no, there will be no discount.
0: See, I I would have no trouble whatsoever. But that's why that's why I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I would uh, I would have no trouble whatsoever <laughs> making that deal and and letting uh letting it play out. The other thing too, you look at what the Yankees did yesterday in getting Frankie Montas. That's going to help him. I have always thought all along that they should be at the forefront when it comes to Soto, but it doesn't appear uh, that that's the case.
2: Can you be at the forefront with Aaron Judge doing what he's doing though, Carlin? Hit his 43rd home run last night in the last 14 games. He's got 12 dingers and he's batting over 420. Can, Can you do that with Aaron Judge, a homegrown player having the kind of season that he's having? An MVP caliber season. Carlin, at this point in the season, Aaron Judge is only three off of the pace that Barry Bonds had the year that he shattered the home run record. That, that's how phenomenal Aaron Judge is right now. He's he's the best baseball player on the planet right now, Carlin. Yeah. There's no, getting that's, around how good, it. that's how good he is. So you, 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 in good conscience, if you're Brian Cashman, there's no way you would be able to survive the PR hit if you're talking about moving off of him in order to trade for Juan. So well, no, no way, on, no, no way you'd be able to if do it. If you
0: had Soto... Listen, you're not trading Judge to get Soto. No, I understand you're not. But, you're,
2: but if you're tra- if you're trading for Soto, you are letting Aaron Judge walk this offseason. Yes, you So are. you are
0: trading Judge for Soto. Oh, I very easily think they could make it through that from a PR standpoint. I don't know, Carl. I don't know. I don't Soto Soto know, Soto fits everything they Soto need Soto fits better.
2: everything that they need from a baseball standpoint, but you're not, you're not considering the intangibles. What Aaron Judge means to that locker room and what Aaron Judge means to this community, Carlin. Those things matter too when you start talk, talking about wearing the pinstripes. They
0: absolutely do. Why won't the Yankees pay him like it does? I don't know. That, I, that, know I don't know, that, Chris. That would be my biggest argument. I don't know. If I'm, I'm, Aaron not, I'm not Hal Steinbrenner. I How mean, much I, money I, are you making uh, off of my Judge jerseys?
2: Exactly. You know. That's the point. Look, I, I do it, like it, the mon- I do like the montage trade. Adding adding uh, back end help on your rotation. That's going to give Luis Severino a little more runway to get healthy. I love the fact that they added Efros and Trevino in the bullpen. They needed bullpen help after losing uh, Michael King recently, and then talking about Chad Green earlier on in the season. You need that, so I like the direction that the Yankees are going in. But I don't think they did. I don't think they did the most in the American League in terms of what the work that they did at the trade deadline because that the Houston Astros they got a lot better before the trade deadline with adding Trey Mancini and. Christian Vasquez,
0: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. In for Greeny. The other thing to remember too is, could see the Cubs moving on from Wilson Contreras and from David Robertson later today. And the Mets have been rumored to be in on that. First of all, from a Cub standpoint, you know it's funny. You see Contreras last week, and he's looking around like this is the last home game he was going to play. Yeah, uh, you know, and it, it kind of felt for him in that moment because I I would fully expect them to get moved by the end of the day. Robertson will be too valuable to a team that is looking for a reliever, especially when you consider how good he is against lefties. Yeah. Uh, and whether that's the Mets or somebody else. It has to be the Mets. Yeah.
2: It has. They need bullpen help, Carlin. And here's the thing. Robertson is pitched in this market, and he's pitched very well, and he's pitched in the postseason. Why would you not want to have that guy on your team if you're the Mets? You need that. Yeah, I would want it. I mean, you got listen, you got the best – Closer in all of baseball, and Edwin Diaz, Robertson could be your setup guy. What would be wrong with that, Carl? Nothing. All of a sudden, I feel a lot better knowing that that's my eighth inning guy going into Edwin Diaz as my closer. I feel great about that. If I'm the Mets,
0: I tell you what. If I were
2: the Yankees, I'd consider it too. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, use, I mean, you could use him as a closer. <laughs> You really could right now. If you're the Yankees. I mean, Clay Holmes can exactly lighten it up these days. No, (laughs) no, no. You could use him as you're closer in the Yankees.
0: 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Your take on Deshaun Watson on the trade deadline. It's all open for you as we're going to get to more of your calls on the call-in line in just moments. At 888-SAY-ESPN. Did Watson get enough? Or should the league be pursuing this further? Certain people... Just make life easier. For instance, your best friend who always brings you dinner when you're stuck working late. It's like if you need to grow your business. ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1st, 2022. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash to try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com. Slash Greeny. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today at 888-SAY-ESPN. Up next, we get into some on-field football. What are the Bears doing? What are are the Bears doing? And our friend has got some intel from Giants practice and what's going on with the Giants this year. So Mr. Canty will... Drop a couple of nuggets your way in terms of information in just moments as well. And when you look around the league and around the NFC East, what is going on with the Dallas Cowboys? We will talk about their particular predicament in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
3: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
1: Greeny, the podcast.
0: Rumors were that Tiger Woods turned down close to a billion dollars from Live Golf a couple of months ago when all of this was really starting to come together. And last night, the numbers were somewhat confirmed. By Greg Norman. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greene on ESPN radio. Norman said on uh, Fox News that Tiger turned down between 700 and 800 million to join Live Golf. That, according uh, as I said to Norman last night, um, and just was very blunt about it. He said, guys that move the needle is what we needed, and Tiger nobody moves the needle more than Tiger does even now. Well, they described it as Tiger Woods being the needle. Yeah. Right?
2: That's what America's caddy had to say about it. So, I mean, it's one of those situations where you can understand why they would go after him because that affords you a level of credibility that you wouldn't get otherwise. But think about some of the names that they've brought into this thing, Carlin. I mean, you're talking about some of the biggest stars in the sport, Dustin Johnson, and you're talking about Patrick Cantlay, and you're talking about Brooks Kepka and you're talking about Phil Mickelson. I mean, these are huge names, Carlin, huge names. And so the Live Golf Tour is going to continue to be around, and it's going to have to be something that the PGA Tour contends with. And I don't think it serves the PGA to take an adversarial position with the Live Golf Tour. I just don't. What's going to force them to do? They have to fix how they're paying players, clearly. That's my point. But had they done that sooner as opposed to now, had they been proactive about it rather than reactive, Carlin, they would be in much better shape. So, again, it comes back to a situation where the PGA Tour painted themselves into this corner and they left the door wide open for somebody to take advantage of this opportunity.
0: I'm not going to lie. When I'm watching a couple of highlights from it over the weekend – Even then, I'm feeling a little bit dirty. Like, I'm feeling a little bit, listen, I get it. It's a ton of money. And it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, you know, I'd want to think that I would, you know, figure out all of the different uh, implications of what's going on. And I want to think that I would be able to uh, make what was the right decision for me. It's an absolute ton of money. And I'm not in that situation. But I do feel a little bit, uh, you know, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's a little different to watch
2: it, too, from a format standpoint. You're talking about the Live Golf Tour being a shotgun start as opposed to the staggered starts that we see on the PGA Tour. So it's different in terms of how we consume the sport, but I do think ultimately the names being involved is what will be the draw because the players are the entertainment product that you're selling. And people just ultimately want to see the best golfers in the world show that they're the best golfers in
3: the
0: world. I'm interested to see what the TV package is going to look like when they finally get one.
3: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight... S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
7: Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: Greeny, the podcast.
0: You've had great perspective today. We're going to continue to hear from you on Deshaun Watson, whether or not his punishment was appropriate, and if the league does need to continue to push this and appeal it. They do, by the way. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Before we get to some other things going on around the league and some more of your calls, I do want to hear a little bit from Tony Busby, who is the attorney for so many of the... um, alleged victims who uh, was on first take earlier today we've got a couple of his uh, sound bites that we want to hear first of all uh, busby on awaiting the nfl's decision uh, as to whether or not the league will appeal what the punishment is
4: the women that i represent they were not sitting back waiting for the NFL to do anything groundbreaking. And, of course, nothing like that happened. Now, we'll see what the NFL does going forward. And uh, I think several of the people that I represent will be willing to speak out about the NFL and how the NFL treated them in particular uh, and how this process has has went forward. So uh, we intend to do that, I think, on Thursday. Uh, but until then, we'll just wait and see what the NFL does.
0: That's very interesting right there. That Remember, some of the alleged victims involved here, they settled, they, but they settled with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. They didn't settle with the NFL. No. So it's, you know, as far as how the league treated them, they could speak out to that. And that was that was kind of a veiled threat right there from, from Tony Busby as to, like, yeah, probably on Thursday, which coincidentally is right around when the deadline is mm-hmm. for the league to actually act, uh, we'll be speaking about how they – treated women here is one more from busby on the nfl's lack of care about women
4: exact same thing i said 15 months ago i can say now the nfl has no interest uh does not care about the rights of women uh they care about the bottom line uh they care about making money uh they're trying to manage this as a pr crisis but as far as trying to do anything to assuage uh, these particular women or or women's rights or dealing with women's rights in general that's not part of their uh, mission statement and they've made that very clear throughout this process.
0: And look, I, I can't I I can't disagree with the notion that how they have handled their own owners is so different than how they have handled players and that 100% is wrong, but this is why I do think they need to appeal it <clears throat> and at the very least Chris make it look like they are moving in the right direction on that.
2: Well, let me say this first about Tony Busby intimating that there could potentially be some legal action taken toward the NFL. We got to start taking Tony Busby as his word because everything that he said is going to happen has happened in terms of what what would play out when it came to the Deshaun Watson case about how he was going to go after Watson himself, how he was going to go after the Houston Texans, and we've seen that, They've settled all of those cases. Watson settled 24 out of 25. The Houston Texans have settled 30. So this is something that the NFL has to consider. And again, another layer to this issue that they're trying to deal with now. All right. Now, as far as the NFL being concerned about women, I see no lies told by Tony Busby in that. I I just don't, Carlin, because of the hypocrisy that we've seen from the league office when it comes to applying the personal conduct policy to owners, just like they apply it to other employees, including players. So there's that part of it as well. And I don't think you can escape that if you're Roger Goodell. That's the part that you can't get from out under. Like, the reality is that you still have not addressed those owners that have run afoul of the personal conduct policy when it comes to issues that victimize women. You still haven't addressed that. And so for me, when I think about how they're handling the Deshaun Watson situation, yeah, they can appeal it, but there's still that hypocrisy that's out there in terms of how they
0: deal with players that victimize women versus how they deal with owners. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to get your calls in in just moments. Lines are lit up. want to get to a few things in the league, though, right now. Number one, Mr. Canty. What is going on in Chicago? Do, do the Bears just not care about Justin Fields succeeding? <laughs> What's going on with Tevin Jenkins, the tackle for the Bears, who was a second-round pick, and now all of a sudden, it might be one of those classic cases of a new coaching staff and a new uh, you know, player evaluation department or all that coming in and not liking a particular player who had been taken before. But what am I missing here? If they're gonna trade him away for a mid to late round pick like what's the point what are you trying to help Justin Fields at all that coupled with Roquan Smith, do you even not believe in Justin Fields at all well I, I don't I, I can't answer that question Colin but it's clear that they're
2: they're taking a different approach in terms of their organizational philosophy in comparison to the other franchises that took quarterbacks. Early on, a year ago in the NFL draft, I mean, think about what the Jacksonville Jaguars have been trying to do, the the New York Jets, the, the you know you you talk about um, the 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 New England Patriots with trading for Devontae Parker. I, I mean, all of these franchises. I mean, Trey Lance getting his number one receiver locked up in Debo Samuel. All these franchises are building around these young quarterbacks because number one, you have no more valuable commodity in the NFL than a quarterback on a rookie deal. Because he's on a rookie rookie contract, you can allocate those resources to other areas of the team. It seems like the Chicago Bears are doing the exact opposite. I mean, they're, they're stripping everything down to the studs in Chicago, and I don't know how that helps the development of a young quarterback. Because Tevin Jenkins isn't getting along with the offensive line coach. But here's, it goes beyond – This guy's Carlin, barely Carlin, not Carlin, a first-round Carlin. pick. it goes beyond Tevin Jenkins. Think about this. They let Allen Robinson walk in free agency. Yeah, Just let him walk out of the door. They traded Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith is holding in. You're talking about a guy that's a two-time All-Pro. 25, by the way. Going into his last year of his rookie deal. If you're not going to pay that guy, then who are you going to pay? Mm -hmm. All I'm simply saying is think about the the team that's around Justin Fields. I don't know what you expect Justin Fields to do this year when the Chicago Bears take the field, but it doesn't feel like they're setting themselves up to be very competitive this year. I
0: got to tell you, I mean, right now as we're speaking – uh, I'm going to Google the over-under in the NFL because okay. I need to refresh my memory on where well, the I Bears pro- are I right can now. promise you it's was not very high for but, the Chicago Bears. I, I don't think it is. Yeah. But honestly, right now, they got it around six and a half. Right now, I'm thinking
2: we're, under. We're, I mean, here's the thing. Could we be talking about the Chicago Bears and not the Detroit Lions finishing in the cellar of the NFC North? I think we could. I think we could. I absolutely can see a world where the Detroit Lions, the fighting kneecap biters, under Dan Campbell, are more competitive than the Chicago Bears in year one of
0: Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles. They are living in the territory of where the Falcons, the Jets, the Panthers, the Seahawks are this year in over-under. i I, I tell you, by the day, by the day, the Bears are making me think about going with the under. That That's how that's going. Number two, the Giants in New York, now, Daniel Jones right now, fill me in on what's going on here because the early returns have not appeared too positive. No, and I've got a couple of buddies that have been out there at Giants practice,
2: and they're saying that Daniel Jones just doesn't have the same zip on the football, doesn't have the velocity, and that could stem back to the neck injury that he suffered late last year. And, Colin, we know that that can be a little bit tricky in terms of the timeline and when guys start to feel like themselves, but in terms of him getting the football to his receivers on time In terms of him being able to survey the field, those are all areas that Daniel Jones is struggling with early on in training camp. And I think that's why their new coach, Brian Dable, who I'm assuming is going to be the play caller, is also experimenting with some different personnel packages on that offensive side of the ball going out with, you know, Wandale Robinson and Kondarius Tony in the backfield back and Saquon Barkley being split out wide. Ooh. Being able to play a little bit of the space game, a little bit of Wildcat. I think you can anticipate the Giants doing some of that stuff because it doesn't feel like a group offensively that's going to bludgeon you, but what they will do is play the finesse game, put guys in space, and give them opportunities to break tackles for big plays. I think that's the direction – that we can anticipate the New York Giants going in in 2022.
0: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. The thing to remember, we were talking to Jeff Darlington last hour, right? We brought up the idea of Garoppolo and the Browns, if Watson's going to be gone for a long period of time, and he said that Garoppolo may be looking for the long-term home, whether it was someplace like Tampa for when Brady retires. You know what? There was a sports book last week when you and I were on this shift Mm -hmm. that had the Giants as the betting favorite to land Jimmy Garoppolo if he becomes a free agent. Think about that for a sec. Garoppolo could come. If Jones is not playing at the high level, they've got Tyrod Taylor, best backup quarterback in the league. (laughs) Best backup there is. But you could make a case that the Giants could look at Garoppolo this year, bring him in, have him play if Jones just doesn't have it, And maybe his long-term future would be in New York. You could make that case. Carlin, listen, this is something that I put out there on Twitter in March. I
2: talked about the Giants potentially making a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo and how that made a whole lot of sense just because you would guarantee yourself competent quarterback play. And that's not something that we could say about the organization over the last three years. Not to mention the fact that Daniel Jones hasn't been able to stay healthy now. You're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo only being healthy for one full season in his NFL career, but on two separate occasions taking his team to the NFC Championship game. There's something to be said for that, and for a franchise that's trying to find its footing, I don't necessarily think that that's the worst place to live. Now, I also don't think that precludes them from being in the quarterback market in 2023 if they're at the top of the draft. So, hmm. I look at the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, and I don't think it's a – I don't think it's a, a – a, no-lose proposition. I think it's a no-lose proposition. Now, you do have Tyrod Taylor as a veteran player that's taking a team to the playoffs, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be an upgrade from even that. So, yeah, I I think if Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available and it doesn't cost you anything, that that could be something that you look into.
0: Last one. Cowboys, I mean, they're running out of weapons. (laughs) James Washington banged up. Christopher, oh boy. Wait, you know what? Hang on one sec. Let's check in with our resident uh, cowboy uh, yeah, correspondent. Yeah, we got to check on him. We got to check on him. Uh, Bubba, your thoughts? James Washington injury. You're up the creek. Thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I I've been on the camp that we should not have gotten rid of Amari Cooper to begin with. So I mean, I am completely upset about this. The fact that James Washington is our number two absolutely ridiculous and this is what they get because we should not have gotten rid of amari cooper amari cooper is a great wide receiver he should still be on the team this is what they get so i hope they're happy <laughs> wait a second we got a little breaking here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. uh-oh uh baba is this in relation to what's going on in miami what is our breaking news right now it's in relation to what's on my screen ah it's in relation to what's on his screen uh Here we go. We also have something coming out of the league as well. Oh, here we go. I said it and it happens. The Padres finalizing a deal to acquire Juan Soto from Washington. Many of the biggest deals uh, go down. 23-year-old Lance in San Diego, and he's going to team with Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado. That from Jeff Passan on Twitter just a couple of moments ago. Ooh, that is a big one, big fella. And then that is a big one. So Juan Soto's going there, and then the NFL just sent out a note uh about the Miami Dolphins and their investigation into um uh Ross, uh Jeff Ross, who has been suspended through the middle of October. Um this is about tanking and about tampering. Uh, the invest- the, o- the owner of the Dolphins? Yes. Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross. I'm sorry. Stephen Jeff Ross. Ross. <laughs> Jeff Ross. A little different. The comedian was suspended too? Ross. I'm sorry? The comedian Jeff Ross was suspended? <laughs> he was suspended as well. <laughs> yes. Um, the investigation said that the Dolphins did not intentionally lose games during 2019, nor did anyone at the club, including Mr. Ross, instruct Brian Flores to do so. No witness contended otherwise. Uh, on a number of times during the 2019 season, Mr. Ross expressed his belief that the Dolphins' position in the upcoming 2020 draft should take priority over the team's win-loss record. I'm just reading, we just got this in the last moments. Uh, that They were made mo- most frequently to the GM, Chris Greer, and to the team president and CEO, Tom Garfinkel, and also to Coach Flores. Um, those comments troubled uh, that Coach Flores... Took a suggestion to lose games. Trouble Coach Flores led him to express his concerns in writing to senior club executives. Um, one such comment is a claimed offer by Mr. Ross to pay Coach Flores $100,000 to lose games, as to which there are differing recollections about wording, timing, and context. However, phrased such a comment was not intended uh, or taken to be a serious offer, nor was the subject pursued in any respect by mr ross based on the findings here's discipline that has been imposed on the dolphins the dolphins will forfeit the club's first round pick Ooh. in the 2023 draft and third round pick in the 2024 draft mr ross is suspended through october 17, 2022 so through mid-october he cannot be present at the dolphins facility he may not represent the club at any team function. He may not attend any league meeting and is removed from all committees uh, in the league indefinitely. And fined a million and a half dollars. And Bruce Beal, who is a Dolphins vice chair and limited partner, uh, also is fined five hundred thousand dollars and may not be um, at a part of any league meeting through the rest of this season. So the Dolphins get hit for a first and a third round pick for charges of tampering and the tanking that was
2: alleged by Brian Flores. Does that give more teeth to Brian Flores' claim of discrimination when it came to his job and how they assessed his performance?
0: You would think. What the league is saying is that there's definitely a lot of smoke there if there's no fire.
1: Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.
7: Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.